Welcome to the Podcast of the Vow is Right. We are here for another edition of the Media Love Podcast. This, I believe, is 137. Um, uh, maybe. Yeah. I think so. Episode 137. Oh, count. Today is August the 22nd. Second. 2018. The Media Boat Podcast, if you've never heard of us, we are a source. Sauce. A sauce, if you will, for news about movies, television, music, and video games, sometimes in that order, but not always. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. We're talking about Pete Davidson at some point. I mean, <laughs> that's, the, that's the inevitability of 2018, is that at some point, you will be forced to talk about Pete Davidson. I, I you guess. You never know when it will sneak up on you. Yes. Uh, it will we'll, happen to you. We'll probably talk about him a little bit. But yes. first, we always start every week with, well, by thanking everyone for coming <laughs> sure, yes. and watching us. Thank that's, you all. It's totally how we start every that's week. totally how we start. Yeah, that's not. Okay, how do we start off? <laughs> how, do we, how do we start off? We always week? start the Media Boat Podcast with movies, and we always start movies with the weekend box office numbers. All right. So, how rich and crazy were the Asians? They were so rich and so crazy. Uh, that they made $26 million in their opening weekend and took number one at the box office. Hey, not bad. So yes, Crazy Rich Asians, uh, which we talked about the run the last couple of weeks here, mm-hmm. uh, is your number one movie. Followed closely uh, with a $21 million uh, boost for The Meg. Okay. Number three is Mile 22, coming in with $13 million. That's the Mark Wahlberg film, which my dad said was great, and I should go see it. Well, there you go. And number four... So that's dad review right there. (laughs) That's definitely a dad movie, too. Uh, Mission Impossible Fallout is your number four movie with another $10 million to its name. And Alpha comes in at number five with $10 million as well. That's a debut for that, right? That is the debut for Alpha. <laughs> that is not great. Not great at all. But hey, that thing was kind of sent to movie purgatory. So yes, they didn't really... know when to release that. They didn't even know yeah. how to market it. It was all over the place. It's understandable. I don't blame them. I don't blame that movie for, for not making a bunch of money. No. Especially because it's the second dog movie in the same month. <laughs> if you even count those two as comparable. Like one is very clearly a comedy. One is a supposed to take itself seriously. Or, I don't know. Maybe. Is it? I don't know. Is it's it? A, I mean, what? I mean, according to the recent commercials, they're both family-friendly <laughs> dog roms. I don't know who to believe. Is, is, is that, that a movie? Is dog roms. Is, is that a new category? Rom dogs. Rom dogs. Rom dogs. Dog roms. Dog roms. <laughs> All right. Uh, so those are your. Uh, that's your box office this week. Coming in on Friday, your this weekend releases. We have uh, three very different movies here. Okay, who do we got? The first up, we have. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to pronounce this by its letters or by what it, the letters sound like, so I'm going to say it two times. I'm going to say this movie is either AXL or this movie is Axel. I believe it is Axel. <laughs> okay. What's uh, up with Axel? Is this about Guns N' Roses frontman Axel Rose? No. Uh-huh. Well, okay. I don't know if I'm interested then. Uh, well, get, get this. <laughs> this is the third dog movie of the month. Wait, what? This is also about a dog? Yes. Okay. Is Axel the name of the dog? Yes. Is his name spelled with all caps A-X-L? Yes. That's dumb. Okay. Well, what's going on with Axel the dog? Well, Axel the dog is not a dog per se, because it is a robot dog. 
Okay. It, it is boy fight. I feel like I was sold a bill of goods that I was going to get a dog movie, and you have pulled that carpet right from underneath. It is boy fights junkyard robot dog in junkyard, and <laughs> junkyard and got it. steals in, in a sense. Okay. I mean, like he takes has, it home. Yeah, he takes it home and takes he trains it, it and bonds with it. Aww. Yes. Okay. And then the government or. Insert secret uh, project security oh. agency wants to get their stuff back because okay. it's still their property. So it's ET with a robot dog. Kind of. Got yeah. it. Also, the kids on a dirt bike, so it's extreme. Extreme ET. It's extreme ET. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of a bicycle going in front of the moon, it's a freaking uh, uh, BMX or not BMX. It's a it's, motorbike. Yeah, like a. Motocross. Whatever. Your motocross. Yeah, like, Yamaha. It's a Yamaha. Your, your Mamaha. Maybe your Mamaha. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a motorbike. No, the ending shot of the trailers is the motorbike and the dog jumping off a cliff while a helicopter <laughs> is chasing them. That sounds rad, but I bet the movie is not. It is super um, <laughs> high lit. Oh. So it okay. looks like a kid's film. Yeah. It looks very similar to... Um, Movie that came out in the beginning of last year, Monster Truck. Oh, Monster Truck! Yeah, that looks like a pile of crap. Yeah, this is like a okay. pile of crap. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. All right. Also, this week, if you don't want to see Axel, uh, there's also the Happy Time Murders, which of course oh. is that. Uh, this is the film we've been covering for a while now. That puppets gone raunchy uh, movie, which looks uh-huh. pretty bad. Speaking yes. of piles of crap. Oh, think of get piles ready of crap. for this thing <laughs> to stink up theaters. Although it is being marketed very heavily, I would not be surprised if this did okay. Um, funny you say that because a lot of the reviewers, a lot of the papers, or the sorry, the papers, the, the papers. trades, the papers, a lot of the trades have this thing dead on arrival. Um, though they're predicting nobody's gonna see see this, and the jokes aren't funny. The humor will not sell you. Yeah. Basically, if you like the concept, you'll go. If you like Mr. McCarthy, you'll go. Otherwise, this is gonna. Go nowhere. Yeah. Don't see it. Which is sad because we covered this thing back when it was first announced. Yeah. And it sounded good. It sounded so... I, I was a little skeptical, if I recall. Yes, but, you were. But because I feel like that's a concept that should have done in, should have been done in like 1996 and not in 2018. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens I mean, next It week. sounded good. Like I was high on it. And then they cast Melissa McCarthy... And that went down. Well, and then I saw the trailer, trailers hit. That and I, went, I was really. Down. And I went up on the trailer, and then the last part of the trailer went like, "No, nope, uh, yeah. no, nope, just killed it." I thought that trailer was pretty lousy, but that was just me. All right, well, we'll see what I, happens. I with tried that to week. save some hope for it, but yeah, the, the the final gag of the trailer with the silly string Ugh, just no. just went, "Nope, nope." I just checked out, like, "Nope, nah." nah but if you nah. don't want to see that, you can also see something called searching. What is searching? This is John Cho. Okay. Uh, he plays a dad uh, trying to find his missing daughter via her internet and friends and search history. Ah. So he's posting on social media and trying to interrogate her friends. Mm. And so far from the trailer I've so it's seen... it's like Taken, but instead of beating people up. Yeah, so far from the trailer <laughs> that I've seen that it's... The whole thing plays out like it's taking place on a laptop... Oh, like you get to watch it from uh, the laptop you're in right yeah. now, and then you see like all the tabs and like running, um, 
like Excel spreadsheets and then news articles will pop up and you'll do like Skype <laughs> Skype so or uh, FaceTime so it's like that so so you can do the plot forward with dialogue it's like a video game the one that takes place in an IM window yes yeah I forget what that's called I wish I would know I wish I remember but yeah it kind of reminds me of that yeah but it's like that it's a great concept I might check this out along with Crazy Rich Asians this weekend alright alright well those are your three releases so if you want to see movies those are what you got Yep. Before we move on to movie news, did you see anything this week? Well, I was supposed to go see a movie yesterday. Mm-hmm. and then it didn't I got, happen. No, I got held up for two hours. Right. That happens. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so so next week we will have next week. news from the front about Crazy Rich Asians. Yes. Uh, but I do have some news, though, okay. about me seeing films. All right. Uh, due to MoviePass's recent um, changes... Yes. I'm probably going to cancel my movie pass subscription. Yeah, I figured you might. Yeah. Uh, at three movies a month, I clearly see way more than that, and yeah. it's no longer feasible or for me it doesn't make to do it. For you. And since I was an early adopter, I'm going to officially cancel it, and thus at the end of the month, my movie pass will expire. Bye, movie pass. Bye, movie pass. I hardly used you. <laughs> that, that's not true. I <laughs> You abused it. I abused you like a trailer park. Whoa. Whoa. Be nice to the trailer parks. All right. Well, in that case, let's move on then to movie news. Uh, Our first story is not about MoviePass, but it is about Bond, comma, James Bond. So we talked about how James Bond got its recent director and Danny Boyle, and I was super hyped on it. Well, guess what? Rescind that hype. Okay, I shall rescind that hype. Put, put that hype, yep, rewind the tape, put that hype in a, in a box, put it under your bed. Yeah. Because the franchise's official social media handle uh, has revealed that Danny Boyle has decided to no longer direct the next Bond installment. Uh, and that it was his own decision. Was this for his creative differences? I wouldn't be surprised. I bet it's creative differences. So, apparently the scuttlebutt is that Boyle was only interested in directing if he could tell a specific story his own way, and now it will is it is unclear if they will continue using the script that him and John Hodge uh, also uh, has written Train Spotting, or go back to the one written by Neil Purvis and Robert Wade, who wrote Skyfall and Spectre. Well, they also wrote the other two, uh, Casino Royale uh, and Cardinal Solace. Yeah, so sounds like they may stick they with that script. That one, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It all sounds like they're trying to do a bait and switch on them. Maybe. Like, yeah, sure, we'll let you do that. We'll take but, a look at it. If we don't like it, then we're going to have you do this. And he's like, well, I can still walk. Yeah, and he did. And which he did. The short list of replacement directors, in case you're wondering, include Dennis Villeneuve, your I man like, from Blade Runner 2049. I like him, but he's busy with Dune. That's true. So probably not. David McKenzie, uh, director of Hell or High Water. That's a good one. And Jan Damage, who directed something called White Boy Rick. Uh, White Boy Rick is the film that's going to come out in a couple months, Hmm. uh, uh, starring Matthew McConaughey, hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey. In in that film about a kid in Detroit who sells cocaine in the 80s (laughs) and turns informant, (laughs) called White Boy Rick. Informant? Is this movie about snow? Uh, Snowfall? No, that's Informer. Yeah. Alright. <laughs> yeah, but... Okay, well, sounds... 
like nothing I want to see. But those are your directors. Uh, that's that's like our potential. That's a short potential. list for directors. May I um, toss out? Um, yes, you may toss out some women, perhaps for Bond. Yeah, why not? Could it, it be an interesting perspective? You know who I want for Bond? Who? Ryan Coogler. That would be pretty boss. That'd be pretty boss. Only if you get it yourself up. No. <laughs> yeah. Michael B. Jordan. Ooh. As a young black Bond. Ooh, Michael Ooh. B. Jordan Bond. I never considered that before. And he's so young that he can play that role for a, a long time. Oh, why isn't this thing? Why isn't this a thing that's happening? <laughs> a street Bond? Ah. No, 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 no. I resend that. Yeah, I resend that. Yes, I resend that. An Oakland Bond. A Bond who grew up in Oakland? I would be, I would be down. Yeah. I would watch that movie. Because right. Ryan Cooper bases everything in Oakland at some point. At some point. <laughs> a portion of it. A portion of it somehow will be from Oakland. Oakland. All right, well, let's yeah. move on. Then uh, who knows Wait, what's going to happen who are you going to say? Oh, I was just thinking, like, I don't have anybody in, in mind specifically. I was oh, just saying okay. it'd be interesting to have a, a female director. Well, see, because uh, MGM and uh, Bond people want to keep their 2019 release date. Yeah. They gotta get someone fast. They gotta get someone now. Good thing, though, is that Bond's films don't require a lot of special effects. Right. A lot of it is practical. Practical stuff. So it can be shot within a year, but that year timeline is coming up pretty fast. That's what they want to make sure they have this thing done right. So we gotta get someone who is free kind of immediately, which, or... Get someone who hasn't directed something in a while. Clint Eastwood. Hmm. Not Ron Howard, but like, you know, something like that. Something that, a gravitas name that I could come in and yeah, make this. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like unless it has somebody waving a flag and crying, I don't think Clint Eastwood <laughs> is in, in, interested anymore. Anyways, let's move on uh, to our next story. Which is a, a little bit of a complicated one. I'm kind of trying to read ahead here to really get my grasp around it. Okay. So, it e- looks like this story is about a special kind of theater that that exists in Houston. So, this theater had what was called a clearance pact. It basically mean, meant that they had exclusivity no, on the No, the other way around. Films. Other way around. What? Other way around. I don't like how this is written, so I'm trying to figure out what the actual story is. Okay. <laughs> so, there's a so the small theater in Houston, uh-huh. La Vida. Yes, Viva Cinemas. Yes, yes, Viva Cinemas, which focuses mainly on a Hispanic market and telling mm-hmm. films, or showing films with, like, Spanish subtitles or, or whatever, um, is suing AMC and the movie companies because of exclusive rights. Saying that they're basically gobbling up the market with these deals. Ah, okay, got this it. This is this is all in antitrust acts, which is at the very last line. Got if it. you got there in time. Okay. See, so you have it written from the perspective of the large companies, which is not the interesting take here. Yes. So I was, that's why I was confused. I was like, why is this? Why was it? This sounds like we're supposed to be on their side. Oh no, we are on their <laughs> side. <laughs> no, I mean the the. the like the, the yes. big studios. Yes, side. pronoun game. No, no, we're not on the the big studios side. Anyways, one. okay, so pronoun yes. game. So this small Viva Cinemas theaters is getting like gamed up upon. Uh, La Vida Cinemas, specializing in Taco Tuesdays and epic brunches. <laughs> <laughs> not La Vida Cinemas, but Viva no. Cinemas, 
So it looks like a Texas federal judge will take on the case. Uh, it has the AMC theater chain basically colluding with Disney, Sony, and Universal to all basically gang up on the small fish. Uh, saying that, yes, that, that they've basically gone out of business, these Viva guys, because they've just been shut out by theaters requiring these large blockbuster films to be shown. Well, not only that, but remember when we talked about Disney's pact mm -hmm. about if you're going to show our film, you're going to show it for X amount of weeks right. in the largest format? Well, that screws over the small guys. Right. Because then they have to pretty much show one movie in like all of their things, right? Right. But so far, nobody's really taken them to court on that. Yeah. Until now. So this will be That's the story. So yeah, so in case you were wondering about those that, that uh, precedent that you mentioned, uh, so the judges ruled that since there's not a single case in which clearances have been held legal since the 1948 Supreme Court decision in the U.S. v. Paramount Pictures antitrust case way back then. Yeah, uh, that's the famous case mm -hmm. where they literally broke up and said studios cannot own theaters. Yeah. So basically they're arguing that this creates an antitrust problem if the, the studios are imposing this much force on the little theater owner, then who actually owns the theaters? It's a good question. Yep. Or who owns the screens that mm -hmm. they can show? Yeah. Because AMC is big multi-cineplexes uh, and, you know, like Edwards and Regal and all of them, that they can, they can do it because they have the screens for it. But if you're a small independent theater like Viva Cinemas... You don't have that luxury. And since there is no case, as mentioned, to basically say this is how it is, you can't fight it, they're going to fight it. And I, I applaud them for it. Yeah, uh, I hope that they make some sort of headway here and uh, prove a little bit of a point because, yeah, that's a little a bit of an unfair practice from, mm -hmm. the, from the big guys. If anything, I hope it makes waves in the industry and either well i guess you can't really force an independent studio independent theater to <laughs> expand no you can't force them to spend money you basically if you give them money and be like here make this into a multiplex then yeah, yeah maybe but but i don't think you're gonna do that <laughs> no, they're not your gonna studio. Do. all right well we'll keep an eye on this one i'll let you know uh if we see any movement there yes moving on our next story is about a film called just mercy so. Yeah, starring one of our favorites, Michael B. Jordan. So, Michael B. Jordan shows up back in this one. It's got a killer cast, including Brie Larson, Jamie Foxx, and Michael B. Jordan, and O'Shea Jackson Jr. You're one of your favorites, too. Yeah, he's on the rise for me. So, <laughs> yes. So, uh, uh, so, director Destin Cretton has assembled that stellar cast. It will be released by Warner Brothers and is based on the New York Times bestselling memoir... Brian Stevenson, uh, I guess about Brian Stevenson. Yes. He founded the Equal Justice Initiative, which fights on behalf of the wrongly condemned and death row prisoners. The film will follow the first case of Walter McMillan, a black man who was sentenced to death for a crime he didn't commit. That sounds pretty good. It sounds good. Yeah. This sounds one of those prestige pictures. This is Oscar. -y. This sounds. This, this is very Oscar bait. It's real life. Is this Michael B. Jordan's Oscar? Are we calling it? Maybe. Maybe. Nomination. Yeah, nomination. Give a nomination. Brie Larson another nomination? Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. This is a good cast to several. This is a good story to tell. Uh, this is... I believe this is not a part of the Innocence Project. Okay. But I think this gave way to that. Okay. Got it. 
Speaking of Oscar Beatty movies, here's another one. <laughs> Annapurna is developing a, currently a, a, a film focusing on Roger Ailes, the former CEO of Fox. That was and fast. His sexual harassment case. That was fast. It was fast, wasn't it? <laughs> so uh, the uh, Roger Ailes himself will be played by John Lithgow, which is an interesting choice. There looks. I mean, we were trying to cast yeah. this movie a while back. I don't, I don't think know. he came up. I think he said John Goodman. We said John Goodman for <laughs> sure. <laughs> John Lithgow, sure. I mean, why not, right? Uh, he's he's got range. And will mainly focus on the sexual harassment scandal that ended his career, of course. He joins Nicole Kidman, who will be playing Gretchen Carlson. That's not bad. Charlie's Theron, which will be playing Megan Kelly, because of course. And Margot Robbie, who will be a fictional Fox News associate producer. As, I believe... Uh, and they will be the group that spoke out against the culture of sexism at Fox News. I believe Rob Robbie's going to be playing basically an algorithm of different people who came forward. Yeah. But you can't have all those people, so you just sure. club everyone into one person. Yeah, give it's For storytelling yeah. purposes. Uh, so yeah, the film will be written by Charles Randolph, who wrote The Big Short. Co-wrote The Big Short. Co-wrote. Note. Yes. Because Adam McKay co-wrote that, too. Right. Um, and directed by Jay Roach, who was the director of Trumbo. I think he's directed other things as well. That yes. name sounds familiar. Yep, historical pieces. Yeah. This definitely sounds Oscar Beatty. Oh, 100%. <laughs> uh, yeah, that could be, with what done well, that could be really good. Yes, especially, I mean, <laughs> and this is inspired casting, too. <laughs> it is. Also, expect this to hit in theaters next year. Yeah, not for, for not Oscar Beatty. I mean,. On a 60-day schedule, you technically could, <laughs> if you started right now, uh, in September, October, November, get it out by January. If you wanted to rush that thing, you could, but I don't think this is something you're going to rush. But guess what? They don't need to rush because there's another what? Uh, some, something something in development with the same story. We can't have that too. Showtime is working on an adaptation of the book, The Loudest Voice in the Room, which is about Roger Ailes as well. This time he'll be played by Russell Crowe. <laughs> yeah, Russell Crowe. That's way better casting. Yeah, than yeah. Russell Crowe. Yeah, that's uh, the limited series will focus on his career and life story, though. It will be less about the sexual assault. Okay, so this, this reminds me a lot of, of um, Trust, with FX's Trust and, yeah. all, and All the Money in the World, where it was about the same story, but told one in serial, one in cinematic. Yeah. But it's the same story. And basically, we should have that yet again, except about Roger Ailes. Which, hey, the more the story is out there, the more it stays in the spotlight. That's true. That's true. All right, that will do it for te- uh, for movie news. I know, kind of television so right there. So that's it for movies. We are moving into television, and we always start television with sports. All right, the sports section. First up, we had the U.S. Gymnastics Champ... Gymnastics. Gymnast- gymnast- I don't know what gym- gymnastics are. Gymnastics? I know what gymnastics are, though, and the U.S. Gymnastics Championships just happened. Well, Simone Biles, Olympic champ herself, uh, is the first non-teenager in over 20 years to win it. Not bad. Yeah. Uh, uh, only because she just turned 21. Yeah. And also she won the Olympics uh, back in Rio. So she's still the one to beat. She's still the one to beat. That's great. Yeah. Also in sports, over in tennis, Novak Jovic, I think I got that right. Djokovic. Djokovic? Okay. Becomes the first <laughs> tennis player in history to win all four slams in all nine Masters tournaments. I hope that afterwards 
they went and got a Grand Slam at their local Denny's. I knew you were going to go there for that. (laughs) That was my uh, weekend update uh, right there. Sports and gymnastics, Simone is the real MVP. Simone is the real MVP. All right. I mean, she is, especially since she won the gold for all around. So, yeah, she's the best around. (laughs) Best around. Next up, the LLBWS. The Little League Baseball World Series. Thank you. I was like wondering who that was. Is reaching its conclusion with yes. Saturday and Sunday being the championship games. Woo! You know who those teams are. No, because they're still in the technically the quarters. Got it. They're playing tonight. They're gonna play tomorrow. They'll play Friday, and then Saturday will be the championship for the U.S. and the international team. And then Sunday, they'll do third place, and then or at least the losers will play. The lizards. The losers, <laughs> losers from those game from those games will play each other. I would watch that. And then the winners, so they'll get two games of USA versus unknown international team. Okay, Canada. Uh, usually it's Japan. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, yes, it's gymnastics according to Matt. Gymnastics, but yeah. So um, that's when mystic want... mystics play gymnast- gymnastics. Yeah, or are gymnasts. Yeah, so or mystic gymnasts. So if you Mystic Gymnasts would be gymnast. a really good band name. Mystic Gymnasts. Oh my god. <laughs> Mystic Gymnasts. It's so hard to say. It's so good though. Yeah, but so many wise. Uh, I want I want to form a band now just so I can call it Mystic Gymnasts. How about a rock band? Let's do it. <laughs> Alright, uh, let's pivot out of sports and do sports yes. television. Oh, lastly in sports, oh. make sure there's only like two weeks left, but get your draft on. Um, fantasy football, uh, as it's happening. it's happening, you can do your drafts uh, anywhere between now and when football season starts. Even after it, you can do daily drafts. But this is me plugging my draft team because yeah. I'm going to win this year. Sure, sure you are. Yeah, yeah. Moving you saw from, my team. Speaking <laughs> of football, if you are a football fan, you're probably looking forward to ESPN's coverage of Monday Night Football. Their staple. Of their broadcast week. Yes, the non-Gruden kind now. Well, uh, there's going to be one change made to the telecast of Monday Night Football games, and it might be for the better. The broadcast of Monday Night Football will now no longer feature the National Anthem. Adding yeah. that Didn't we call exceptions this? could be made throughout the season. Yes, we, Didn't we call this? tried to talk about how networks are, could get around the controversy, and one of the things we said is like, well, they could just cut to commercial. <laughs> And yeah, it sounds yeah. like that's what they're going to do. Yeah, sounds like they're going to do. Also, in uh, big news, okay. apparently Kobe Bryant is playing in the Big Three League. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with Yo. the four-pointer and they play half-court. Yeah, that's, that stuff sucks. Hey, it, I mean, it's basically a workout for Kobe. <laughs> sure, yeah, I guess. But yeah, apparently that's news. But yeah. Anyways, uh, moving anyways, back to the story that we're reporting. Back to football. So, the announcement comes amid ongoing controversy regarding NFL players protesting and the NFL passing policy that gives passing policy that gives not the passing policy that's different. No, 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 no not, not the <laughs> not passing policy. policy. But they pass the, cast the policy, policy. <laughs> uh, that gives any players who wish to protest the option wish to protest the option to stay in the locker room. So far, players have continued to protest on the field regardless of potential punishments, which is what I thought they would do. Yes, and so far. <laughs> No punishments have really been dealt out that I can think of off the top of my head. Not yet. Um, Although, then again, it's also not the proper season. I would not be surprised if they're giving the players a little leeway considering it's preseason still. 
So yeah, I mean, this is still preseason. I mean, even the refs don't know what they're doing yet. <laughs> yeah, give them some, give them some time to warm up. Yeah, uh, we were watch, I was watching a game and the refs flag popped out, and so like they stopped play. Like, oh, sorry, no flag on the play. It just fell out. Redo it. <laughs> so yeah, this is still preseason, but yeah, when the yeah. regular season comes around in two weeks, I. Bet you'll start seeing some actual crackdown on stuff. I bet you're right. But if you're not too busy watching football, you're probably watching something on Netflix. Uh, why do you bring up Netflix? Why not? Because Netflix this week announced a weird move. Uh, they, oh, the one thing that had the internet up, uproar? Yeah, well, we don't know exactly how harsh it's going to be. So, they have been testing out new video promotions that will be airing between episodes and movies. They noted that these are not commercials, and that people using Netflix will be able to skip these promotions. Mm -hmm. In a brief explanation, Netflix said uh, if testing new... If is testing, I think you meant... Uh, testing new recommendations between episodes to help members discover new shows. Uh, okay. They also said that the recommendations are personalized for other shows and movies that appear on Netflix. It's of note that in 2016, Netflix tested and launched video pre- play previews that play with the user's browse, mm-hmm. which is already a thing. So, right. so this is kind of like, this is a way to be like, oh, like maybe a quick blip after you finished watching, I don't know, an episode of Parks and Rec or something. Mm-hmm. Check out 30 Rock. Yes. Watch now. Continue to next episode or something like that. I could see them doing something as simple as that. Now, I think that is what they're doing. We don't have it quite yet. But yeah. you can also turn this off in your settings okay. if you don't want to see it. But also, these aren't ads. They want to make that... Yeah. Netflix trying to make it sure that you understand. These are not ads. Right. They are promotions for other content on Netflix. It makes some sense that it, that they would do it. In fact, the way that I described the, my dream scenario right there actually may be helpful in some cases mm-hmm. because we're like, oh, I didn't know this was on Netflix. Yeah. Let's check that out. And that's why they're doing this yeah. is they're trying to get people to stay on Netflix and not jump over to Hulu right. or Amazon. So I'm not going to jump to the conclusion the internet has, which is like, oh, God, they're trying to make me watch more ads on this thing I pay for. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's exactly that. I think what they're... If, dependent on how they present it, this could yeah. be good for people. Yeah. But no, this is... We'll Netflix, see. This is Netflix wanting you to stay on Netflix and show yeah. you everything else instead of watching The Office for the fifth time. That's consumer retention, they call it. Yes. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see what actually it is when it actually properly launches. Yeah, but, but don't be like the internet. Just go all up in arms because yeah. oh my god, they're interrupting my show with this other show that I don't care for. Speaking of shows that people don't care for, oh, good segue. It's a perfect segue <laughs> into this week's MTV Video Music Awards. <laughs> So the VMAs happened again as they do annually at MTV, and it was annually, not annually. They don't have an annually, Uh, not since that Miley Cyrus year. Uh, I think it was last year we watched too. No, I watched a little bit of a couple years ago because it was the Kanye speech year, where they were pretty much like, "We're going to invite Kanye back, and we're going to give him a microphone." That where that's where the Kanye twenty twenty thing started. Oh yes, he was going to run for president. 
That was the last one I, I watched. That was the VMAs? That was the VMAs. I thought, for some reason, I thought that was the iHearts. Nope, that was the VMAs. They told, made a huge deal about it. Okay. And then he really didn't say much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was pre-Trump, though. Thank God. Um, but yeah, the VMAs happened again this year, and um, eh, it looks like not that many people watched them. It's starting to lose its luster. Uh, not I mean, luster. It's been losing its luster. luster year over year, but this year... More so than before. In case you're wondering some of the things that happened, if you didn't watch, you missed some uh, eh, not-so-great jokes from Tiffany Haddish and Kevin Hart. An awkward tribute to Aretha Franklin uh, by Madonna, which uh, was much maligned on the internet. I watched that <laughs> um, on the ill-advised duet between Aerosmith and Post Malone. Yes, the fact that you went up on that <laughs> shows Malone. you. You know... The guy who beat the Beatles record, Post yeah, Malone. Post Malone, and uh, well, overall, the show scored a 1.04 rating, which was falling 23% from last year, and lost 15% viewership, even though it was simulcasted on MTV and 10 more Viacom-owned outlets, probably all those like extended cable and TV networks. Oh yeah, uh, for a total audience of 5.2 million people, which is low considering television. Mm -hmm. uh, it finished second on cable be behind, get this, WWE programming <laughs> on USA the same night. Now, I, I can't really blame that because WWE is huge. But when wrestling is beating your award show, you need to rethink your award show. Oh, yeah. So another reason, and I saw some stuff on the internet basically saying, oh, it's because... It's because the, the reasons for this is because of the show they put on, or it's because of this and this and this. Let me submit something that I think that is a major contribu contributor here. Major contributor. You can't watch it anywhere else. Oh, yes. MTV locks this thing down. And so if you're a user who Who's is on like streaming, most people in their demo and doesn't have cable, yes. then you can't watch the VMAs. So. Maybe they'd see a little uptick in viewership if they put it on their their app, or if they put it on a streaming service. Anything. Put it on YouTube. Do a deal with YouTube. Partnership where you can watch it on a live stream. And even if you have the app, you still can't watch it. You can't watch it. So it's like, I don't know. I'm just submitting that for MTV's use. Oh, yeah. I don't know if they hear me out there. Hey, Viacom, hi. I'm somebody who can't watch any of your programming because you pulled it from all the sources that Yes, I give me Floribama. I want to pay. Give me some Teen Moms. I want to pay to watch you, but you're not on the things I pay for. Give me the Jersey Shore. Uh, yeah. Family Reunion. Now that you're saying Two. these things, I don't know if I do <laughs> want this programming or not. Anyways, so yeah. MTV, uh, maybe you need to retool the VMAs for next year. And uh, we'll we'll return back. We'll circle back next year and see if they did. Instead of doing that, why not simulcast it on, I don't know, a major network like CBS? Major network. Because it is the dead of... That's riskier because... Of, of TV right now? Because the VMAs are a little, little more than network television probably wants. Well, then you can have a censor. They would have to clean it up. You and, can censor that and one. And it kind of def defeats the purpose of the VMAs. Does it? I think there's reasons why they don't do that. Yeah, I'm sure uh, there is. You could. Yes, you could do that. But I, I don't see that happening. Uh, let's move on. Our final story is something on network television, but that airs after after 11 o'clock, so it could be as risque as it wants. Yes, it's the time of the year where we start talking about the return of Saturday Night Live. Yes, and Keenan Thompson will yet again retain his yes. seniority. 
He's still the big man on campus over there as he will be returning for, what, his 11th, 12th season or something? 13th? 13th season? Jeez. I think that was he's gone. 15, 16th. Oh, yeah, 2003. Right. That was a while ago. 2003 was when he started. And at the time, he was, and I think still is, considered yeah. the youngest cast member yeah. ever to be on the show. No, he's the oldest cast member. <laughs> no. I don't think he's quite as old as, uh, uh, shoot, what's his name was when he left. Don Pardo. No. Cast member. Oh, uh, Lauren uh, Michaels. No, cast member. Oh. You're terrible at this. Uh, what's his name? He did the he ori- did the original Trump impression. I know. Um, um, Daryl Hammond. Daryl Hammond. Yes. Daryl Hammond. I think was older than Keenan is now. Uh, but yeah. Uh, but somebody from the cast will not be returning next season, and we kind of called this. Ooh. New cast member from last year, Luke Null, will be the cast member getting the axe. What well, was his contract? Null and voided. Ha ha ha! Well, yes, uh, out of the new class from last season, which included Chris Red and Har- Heidi Gardner. Two uh, very strong. Yes, who definitely members. made an impact. Yes. Luke Null didn't quite make the same impact, and thus he will be leaving us. I do want to uh, use this opportunity to shout out the one Luke Null sketch I actually did really like. The, the teacher there, one? Yeah, there was one yes. where it starts out as like he's the annoying kid in class thing, and you're like, oh, this is really cringy and this is really bad. Mm-hmm. But then it twists and it reverses itself in a real neat way. And I remember thinking, like, oh man, this is his sketch. Yes. Like, this is the thing that he, this is his gambit he's throwing out to like try to say on the show. Yes, but do you remember who the, the uh, host was? No. That's why. <laughs> yeah. So. It's yeah. a. It's, it's a memorable sketch for him, uh-huh. but in an, an otherwise unmemorable episode. episode. So yeah, the gambit didn't pay off. Unfortunately, Luke Knoll will have to seek other employment. I hope he gets like a writing gig at another show. I, I think he will. I'm sure. I wouldn't be surprised if they just moved him to the writers instead. Yeah. But if you're curious, uh, other cast former SNL cast members who also only lasted one season. So what elite group is this? Here is a short list. Sarah Silverman. Okay. Ben Stiller. That's good. Jenny Slate. Oh, that's good. Chris Elliott. Yeah. Laurie Metcalf. Martin. Yeah, Laurie Metcalf. Laurie Metcalf. Believe it or not. Martin Short. Believe it or not. <laughs> jo- Joan Cusack. <laughs> Q, your Joan Cusack should be cast more t- t- a t shirt. And, and Robert Downey Jr. That's right. Robert yeah, Downey Jr. Robert Downey was on Jr. SNL as a cast member. Yeah. Well, okay, uh, we'll have more info, I'm sure, on SNL as the weeks come up. It will be premiering in September, as it always does. Yes. Uh, also, real quick, I want to note that, uh, speaking of things also premiering in September, NBC, on their Twitter today, confirmed, The Good Place will be returning September yeah, 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 yeah. 27th. Oh, they have put a date on it. September 27th is season three of The Good Place, and the teaser image that they showed says they're going to Earth. Ooh. Yeah. That's kind of what they set up. So, yeah, it, it, I'm really excited to see that. So, all right. What were you going to say? Um, I was going to say that so far SL has mm. no date set, no yeah. host set, no musical set, no schedule yeah. whatsoever. No mention about new returning uh, or, like, any new cast members. Right. Either. Also, they're not doing the summer edition of Weekend Update. Uh, clearly. Clearly. Or else it would have already happened. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But we will see Colin Jost and Michael Che doing the Emmys. That's true. They're they're a little busy, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for television news, which means let's roll into 
the things we've been watching this week. Now, we do have yes. some thoughts this week. Yes, we do. You, just a mere hour ago, finished the last episode of Netflix's Voltron. Yes. So, remember, like, three or four months ago when I said, this is the end of Voltron? Yes. This is great. They this, ended on a high note. This is the end of Voltron. This is the end. Well... They surprised me with a new season. Alright, so this was the real end. Or so I would like to think. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, they reel everything back in, back to Earth and they once again tie everything in a nice little bow. They do the whole time skip three years ahead, which works in its favor because it allows the Broken Empire to basically rebuild itself mm-hmm. and they don't have to explain why they're so powerful yet again. <laughs> because, hey, time skip. We can do whatever we want. Say, all this happened. Uh, but there's two things of note okay. in this whole season. Besides, I mean, I could just sit here and praise it like I normally do. But there are two things of note. Uh, one, they do a retcon that works and then doesn't work. Mm-hmm. They turned one of the characters gay. Okay. Which works. I mean, it totally plays into the character. But, because they're doing it seven seasons in, and there's no real lead-up or basically payoff for it, it kind of seems like it was just thrown in there. Like, oh, we could do this, and then, one, never bring it up again, or Mm -hmm. two, never have it be a conflict of interest. Okay. So it doesn't seem like it's a natural thing for this character to to have this realization about themselves? No, or? no, no. That's the thing, though. It wasn't a realization about themselves. Okay. It was a flashback. Oh. So it doesn't even... You're saying it doesn't even have any relevance to the current plot. Yes. It's just like a character detail that they hadn't mentioned yet. Yes. It was a character detail yeah. that they hadn't mentioned yet, okay. never brought up in any of the previous seasons, mm-hmm. and then never brought up past it. It was a fl- it's a flashback to where uh, one of the main heroes is living with another guy. Yeah. And they 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 bring up like, well, if you go on this mission, don't expect me to come to be home mm-hmm. when you get back. And it they don't out, flat out say that they're in a relationship, but they definitely yeah, it's very give true. off that it's whole vibe and basically I mean, say that in a way, that. that's kind of a neat idea that we gotten to the point where something ostensibly for children can just have, like, a character... Oh, this character just happens to be gay, and we didn't have to make it a big deal right. and just have that as a passing moment. Yeah. That's kind of cool, in a way. It is. I get why you'd be like, oh, well, it would be even better if this actually had some sort of relevance. Right, or... But also, it's an action show. When is that going to be relevant? Well, not only, well one, he's the leader. <laughs> okay. So it's like, oh, you have a Captain Holt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, well, it's already been done. Right. But I mean, at least when they did the I want a crossover now. I want a crossover. <laughs> but at least when they did the reveal of the the character you thought was the guy is actually yeah. a girl, that actually had relevance prior to the season, and then everything else passed it as well. Right, but but like, I I don't know. I feel like I feel like it's still not a, not necessarily a bad thing. No, no, I'm not saying this yeah. is a bad thing. I just wish they would have utilized it more or better, sure. or referenced it or dropped hints. I just don't know if it always has to be that way. Well, because when you do it the the way they did it, for me, it feels like it was shoehorned in, Mm -hmm. as in like, oh, we can do this, and then was like, well, it doesn't affect anything, so sure, 
we'll mention it, but yeah. we're never, we don't need to bring it up. It doesn't need to be brought up. None of it needs to be... Almost as if it was like a note on a story Bible that they forgot or like that, that just didn't fit anywhere. Yeah. And that they just finally, well, we have this flashback. We can write in this part that we wrote. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, sure. Toss it in. Yeah. Like, which is fine. Yeah. I don't know. It's fine. I'm, I'm not poo-pooing it like it was terrible but for them just, to do it. You're just like, huh. It's okay. just, It's just if you're going to do something like that, yeah. go for it. Don't like tease and hint and then be like, then immediately pull back on the next seven episodes and never mention it, never bring it up. <laughs> And it's just there for a for a five minute antidote. <laughs> Anecdote. A- antidote. It's it's an antidote. It's, yes. it's been poisoned. It's, it's, it's trying, to, trying to cure itself. Okay. Which uh, is probably a bad joke for <laughs> being. Yeah, gay. let's not do that. It's yeah. a bad bad road. Yes. All right. Um, but yeah. So but overall, Voltron. Although that's just one complaint. Okay. The second complaint comes at the very end. All right. Where they do the reveal of, hey, new giant big ass robot. Which I love I, big ass robot. Which I love big ass robots because it's a big ass robot show. But. Big AF. But. Robot. They do it where, one, <laughs> the robot was not essentially built to be functioned that way. And through mumbo jumbo magic, <laughs> that it comes into, say, the ex machina style. Sure, yeah, why not? And that's when I pointed to you. I said, like, <laughs> nope, that's it. I oh. give up. I quit. <laughs> Sure. Because at the very end, you basically throw everything you've built up with these characters out the window <laughs> and bring in Ex Machina here, <laughs> deity, to save Robot De- robot Jesus to save Robot the Jesus! Day. I don't know, that sounds pretty cool to me. Uh, like, the action of it was cool, and I liked its setup, uh, but it's... You're just, it's you're just saying it's anticlimactic. It's, it's very anticlimactic, yeah. especially when you have... Like, when you have a perfect setup for ultimate sacrifice mm-hmm. going on, and then you ex machina because potential more seasons, which is <laughs> a, which is the yeah. little, like, uptick at the end of the season, is that, hey, by the yeah. way, should we continue this little twist we have put in there? I mean, it might not be for future seasons proper, Maybe maybe it would be for like a down the line, maybe a, like a feature like movie or something. Yeah, I could see them doing that. I could see them doing that, but it's just Earth through the wrong way. When you go through yeah. this whole thing at the finale, at one after I thought we already had the finale because it was great. <laughs> yeah. In the previous season, and then only to give me this one, <laughs> and then not fully commit yeah. to the bit. Well, not not the bit, but the arc. Not fully commit to the arc that you're trying to set up through the whole thing, and pull back. That's what irks me the wrong way. It irks you the r- wrong way? You can be irked the right way? Oh, no, the whole thing irks me the right way. <laughs> I, I came ir- to the right conclusion. Being irked is not a good thing. No one wants to be irked. I came to a good conclusion <laughs> with it. I like it. I, I like, like Baltimore. I feel like deja vu. I feel like we've had this conversation. Oh, yeah. If they pulled up another season, I'm going to sit up here and watch it again. All right. But I'm just saying that, personally, as a... As a fan, as a of, the, fan of getting irked, as a fan of getting irked, and knowing <laughs> when stuff goes wrong when it's not supposed to go that way, uh-huh. um, it's just those two things that really stood out to me the whole season. Right. Aside uh, from it, a, the two, oh, the only two negative things I'd say, as from uh, from a thirteen episode arc that is otherwise really great because they actually take time to explore multiple settings and don't just bring Voltron immediately to save the day. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, there's really good character arcs and really good um, overall arching stories that reach back 
There's one that that's, that is literally a callback to all the previous adventures, mm-hmm. be it game show style. I thought that was really fun. Yeah, I saw a little bit of that one, and I ha- don't know anything about the show, and that was still that was still pretty fun. Yeah, and there's also one where they lose the lions and have to basically defend from themselves uh, the five paladins to try mm-hmm. and uh, make it through the adventure. That's fun. It's fun. It's good. Yeah, so there's a lot of good stuff in it. It's just those two things just got me wrong. But everything else about Voltron, I still love, I still like, I'm still going to watch this thing. Alright. But I'm not the only one who watched something on Netflix. Yes, it is a big week for Netflix as they also had the premiere of Disenchantment, the new Matt Groening produced, creative, created, written, etc. animated series. Yes, but unlike Simpsons and Futurama, this one is fantasy? So yeah, uh, so we had heard about this for a while back. We've been kind of keeping up on updates about it for a while because it sounded genuinely cool. Uh, Killer cast, I mean, you have Abby Jacobson, perfectly Mm -hmm. cast as the lead here. Basically a princess who's kind of uh, an alcoholic... Uh, who doesn't who doesn't necessarily want to get married? Doesn't want to do princessly duties. She just want to get yeah, princessly duties. Princess duties. <laughs> and, yeah, ha ha ha. She just wants to go to the local pub and get hammered. That's all she wants to do. And that's kind of all this series is about is her adventures with her buddies, which includes a demon that is that has been assigned to her uh, named um. Lucy. Voiced by Eric Andre. Yes, voiced by Eric Andre. Which is funny as hell. And an escaped elf uh, who basically leaves his perfect idyllic idyllic elf world to see what the real world is like. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have adventures thusly. So going into Disenchantment, I had heard some comparisons to Futurama, which makes sense because it involves a lot of the same creative talent. Along with a lot of the voice cast. You will hear Billy West here. You will hear John DiMaggio here. Yes. You know, a lot of returning Tress McNeil. Because you can't make an animated program without Tress McNeil, <laughs> Tress McNeil being involved. Um, yeah, it, it, you would, like, there was a lot of comparisons I heard to Futurama. Um, and that's not too far off. This thing tonally sits somewhere in between, for me, like if Futurama and Adventure Time had a baby. Okay. That's what the vibe of this thing is. It's got the kind of comic tone of Futurama, but instead of things being like, oh, wouldn't it be crazy if this was like this in the future? Instead, it's, wouldn't it be crazy if this was like this in like medieval times? <laughs> it's like the opposite of the Futurama thing. So you have a lot of like, oh, this carriage just rolled up with spinners. <laughs> that kind of joke. That's like, that's what we're talking about here. It also has a lot of those great sign gags. Like there's things written everywhere on this thing. You will be pausing on Netflix a lot to read all the all the jokes. Um, In fact, why I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of this the second time through is to catch the gags that I missed. Uh, The characters are likable. I think think that the Princess Bean, the lead, uh, the Abby Jacobson character, is fun. She's not so annoying that she's cringe like that. It's cringy. She doesn't get into fry territory where sometimes like. Okay, oh, you're Fry on the drama is so dumb, I can't handle it. Yeah. Uh, she never really gets that cringy. She always maintains, like, a level of likability while also being, like, the rebellious princess. Um, and the side characters are fun, too. I really enjoy the elf uh, because he's kind of got that naivete. He's, like, this innocent 
but also tries to be not be the innocent. Hmm. It's just like this. Where they're not super predictable characters. Okay. One of the things I was worried about going into this was like, oh, they're gonna just be fantasy archetypes. They're not. They actually gave some thought to like these characters interacting in all sorts of different ways and being kind of unpredictable as opposed to just falling into those traps over and over again. Um, being a Netflix show, they do try to kind of put it in more of a through line story-wise, although most of this nine-part first part of the season is kind of its own compartmentalized episodes. They do have some through lines uh, uh, plot-wise. There's this framing uh, that I'm, I haven't finished it, by the way. I'm only on the beginning of episode eight. Uh, but they do this framing where there are, is a mysterious uh, duo that is watching uh, Bean and her demon every, every step of the way. And it's not explained quite yet why they're doing that. And so it'll be interesting to see how they play with the Netflix, like where you actually have future, future plot going on yeah. here, as opposed to just... This is, this is the episode where this happens kind of stuff. Right, where you're giving guaranteed episodes instead yeah. of, oh, we may be canceled in four, four <laughs> right. episodes. Or not Probably don't have to worry about that quite yet. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. It's got that sense of humor uh, that I've come to know with the people involved, whether it be Futurama or uh, uh, one of the co-creators on this and head writers is uh, Josh Weinstein, who was uh, one of the showrunners back in season seven and eight of the simpsons oh the good ones yes the good seasons um and it really shows it's got their sense it's got his sense of uh comic timing to a lot of the gags and uh there's one of the real i don't want to spoil a lot of the gags because they're really great but one thing i will kind of spoil because it's, i love it so much there's this recurring gag with the king character who is played by john dimaggio mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a great performance uh, where he constantly does this thing where, you know, the, the, the joke that's like been in a lot of shows like this, where someone is, ex- where someone did something to something and they're expecting someone to walk in and see it yeah. like, oh, shoot, what'd you do? Well, and, but instead of seeing the thing right away, they do, oh, well, this side of the, the this looks good. This side looks good. Now I'm just going to look at this part. And then they find out yeah. they do that not once. Not twice, but three times. Rule three different episodes. Rule of threes. No, three different episodes. Oh. With this King character. It becomes a running gag for him. <laughs> and it gets more ridiculous every time they do it. Uh, it's, it's so funny. It, I don't know. It's just one of, the, one of those classic comedy things that I really appreciate. Uh, but yeah, it's got a lot of uh, great, great jokes in it. Uh, so, have you started watching this quite yet? No, I've watched the episode you watched. Okay. Uh, with the giant. Yeah. That's the only part I got to watch. I was kind of hoping that you would watch part of this so that I wouldn't just be talking no. about it for ten minutes. But no, I, I decided to. <laughs> I had the choice of either watch yeah. just Chapman or finish, finish Voltron, Voltron, and I'm glad I'd rather finish Voltron. But yeah, I do want to watch it again, so I'll totally watch it when you do. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not quite done with it either, but I really, really enjoy it so far. One thing that I would be remiss to point out, though, one little minor squabble on Twitter. Um, a woman who worked uh, as an editor on some animatics in the show. Mm-hmm. She said on her account that she apparently edited every single animatic that was used in the production of that show. Hmm. She is not credited oh. as an editor. She Her name is elsewhere in the credits as like in an assistant role, but she did not actually 
participating. Okay. So she's kind of pissed, and it looks like she's not the only person potentially screwed over by larger editing names in the credits. Mm. So my message here is, come on, Netflix. Like, you're better than that. Like, credit people where credit is due. But other than that, I'm really, really enjoying uh, the show. I look forward to see if it gets uh, future episodes in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the future here. Because, yeah, it's, it's a ton, ton of fun. And if you like The Simpsons or Futurama, please check it out. Well, it is to know that this is part one. <laughs> there could be more. Yes. This year, even, for all we know. Yep. So, yeah. So, yeah, check out this uh, is this good. Chapman. It is exactly what I wanted it to be, so I am a happy camper. Oh, good. All right. All right. So that does it for television thoughts. Uh, watch any other TVs? I mean, um, you, you're you're still watching the Last Chance You. Yep, you're still watching, watching Hard Knocks. Yep. Still watching some preseason football. Yep, our usual as usual. Uh, yep. I've got nothing really going on right now. Just um, kind of waiting for things to come back. Yep. Uh, My Hero Academia is still going on. Still going strong. Uh, but yeah, nothing. No, that's it. Just keep on keeping on. Well, that means that we get to move into the shows that people will continue watching or not continue watching. It's our cancellations. It's cancellations and renewals time. This week, we have a huge slate of shows that are either coming back or ending forever. We start with History Channel's Nightfall, which will be getting a second season. We have Hulu's Castle Rock, getting a second season as well. That's a... a uh, got some that's, pretty positive buzz. Yeah, that's the J.J. Like Abrams. All uh, Stephen things. King based. Yeah, Stephen King based. Everything's Dang. tied together. Shooter has been canceled after three seasons on USA. I'm surprised the thing got three seasons on Shooter. USA. And with an E on Netflix, will get renewed for a third season. Uh, that, that's, of course, uh, Anne Green Gables. Yep. The Royals on E. No, come on, say it right. The Royals. Royals. On E. Is canceled after four seasons. <laughs> Treadstone over on USA gets a thirteen episode order. Uh, that's the one based off the Bourne uh, yes, franchise, right? I remember that. Now. On Netflix, Netflix has gone and had and axed two of their talk shows, including one of the things we watched, the Joel McHale show, featuring Joel McHale, featuring Joel McHale, and the Break with Michelle Wolf. Uh, both were kind of weekly experiments that Netflix was trying mm-hmm. out for a little bit. Joel McHale came back with a six-episode drop in July, but neither of those shows will be returning. I don't think Netflix wanted to do weekly drops, and yeah. neither of those shows work in bulk format. No. no they need to be weekly, and yeah. I don't think they wanted to uh, continue investing in that if not enough people cared. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. Let's move on, then. Uh, to uh, our, also in cancellations here and renewals, we have Random Acts of Flyness on HBO Woo! gets so a second season. Glow on Netflix gets a well-deserved third season. I am excited to see what else they do after a really, really strong second season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Making it on NBC gets a second season. I watched an episode of Making It. Yeah, uh, it's basically the British baking, co- greatest baking but, show, but with with uh, wood. With um, uh, that's Nick Offerman and Nick Offerman and Amy Poehler, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so it's very light and like not really a competition, but it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It's enjoyable. Well, how about Beach Shazam, oh. which will return again to Fox with a third season? Is Shaq gonna be there? I I, I don't know, <laughs> but he was on this week. Uh, uh, the end of the fucking world. 
on Netflix gets a second season. I, I it wasn't the end of the fucking world. I believe that's the one set in the 90s. Yeah, I, 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 no. Or early 2000s? No, I, but it, I, I, I don't know. When it's set, I just know it's about the apocalypse. Is it? <laughs> yes. I thought that was the one called. about high school. No, you're thinking of the one that was canceled. Uh, oh, everything sucks. Everything sucks. Yes. yes, that got canceled. Yes, that was the one set in like the two thousand or whatever. Yeah. No, this is the one about the, the 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 guy who meets the girl at the end of the world and they like hang out. Okay. I only saw a trailer for it. I don't know, Good. but it's getting a second season. Uh, moving on, uh, easy on Netflix. Oh, canceled. Easy. Yeah, easy. After upcoming third season, uh, it will be over. So yep. so much for easy. And lastly, in cancellations. Let's have a party because it finally happened. Ba 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 ba. Celebrate good Woo-hoo! time because The Big Bang Theory, after twelve excruciating seasons, will be canceled on CBS. So I decided to very boredly see where these characters ended up. Okay. How many of them are married? Three of the four main ones okay. are married. How many have children at this point? One. One. With a, with a surprise potential one on the way. That is when you know your show has lasted too long. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So the upcoming season will be its 12th. After that, it will end. Yeah. So yeah, everyone on that show eventually paired up, except for the one guy whose get yeah. or bit is can't talk to women. Right. right. Because, but even he had a they girlfriend. They have to pay him off at the end of this season, right? But yeah, because... but even he had a girlfriend yeah. throughout the series. <laughs> of course he did. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Big Bang Theory, uh, we'll, we'll, we will hardly miss he. Uh, but the yes. end of Chuck Lorre, as we know it. Nah, eh, he's got a mom. He's got other shows. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on. All right. So, we have to uh, talk about deaths. Okay, so we called this last week. Yeah, we have some rough ones this week. First up, age 76, Aretha Franklin. Uh, I told Queen you, of Soul. I told you this was going to happen Has last left week. us. Yes, she was not doing so hot. Yeah, she was already in critical dish condition. Yeah. And then, like, and her family the was next already day. warned that the inevitable was going to happen, and sure enough, it did. Uh, but yes, uh, she will, of course, be remembered for her timeless contributions to music, including such jams as Respect. Um, so, yes, we will always miss you, Aretha. And she did you just will... try to think of a second song she did? No, okay. I'm just gonna say respect. All right, but, but there are other songs. Yeah. Uh, but but yes, uh, yes, she will be missed. Uh, definitely important um, in the grand scheme of music. Uh, so Madonna, do a better job. <laughs> Madonna, don't talk about yourself. We're talking about Aretha Franklin. All right. Also, this week, age sixty-eight, Unsho Ishizuka, who is a Japanese voice actor. Uh, you may know him, um, well, I guess if you lived in Japan, uh, yes. but as, uh, she, he, he voiced such famous anime, anime characters as Professor Oak on Pokemon, mm-hmm. Mr. Satan on Dragon Ball, yeah. Haihachi Mishima. Of Tekken. Of Tekken. Yes. So yeah, uh, definitely some memorable characters though, so he only missed yeah. as well. So, some big personalities there he's voicing. Age 83. Also uh, rough voice. We also uh, lost age 83, Barbara Harris was an actress in Nashville and uh, Freaky Friday, among other roles. Mm-hmm. That's a TV show, Nashville. Yes. Uh, Craig Zedan, age 69. Not nice. Producer of Chicago, Smash, Jesus Christ Superstar, Academy, the Academy Awards one year. Uh, so yeah, producer. Yeah, uh, he was a big producer. A lot of... Uh, the musicals, it looks like. 
Musical. Yeah, I'll just give him a shout out uh, yeah. on Twitter as passing. And lastly, Glenn Chin, age 70, uh, who's an actor in 51st Dates, Natural Board Killers, Naked Gun 33, and third. Probably other roles as well. Yeah, but, no, major ones. Major, major roles. Major right. deaths. Those are your deaths. Uh, moving into music. Oh, I'm going to get a big music section this week, so get strapped in, y'all. All right, so we start every music with the Billboard. And the Billboard who's charts. on top? Who's on top this week? Well, your singles chart is still led by Drake with In My Feelings. Ah, uh, more Drake. Yeah, more Drake. All right, next. Number two, Girls Like You by Maroon 5. Number three, I Cardi- Like It by uh, Cardi B. Yeah, Number four, Cardi-B. Fifi by 6ix9ine. And five, Better Now by Post Malone. None of that has changed. None of that has changed since last week. But what has changed is a little bit. In the Billboard 200. Your All number right. One, however, new album drops. Who do we got? Your new one. Your number one, however, is not a new album. It is still Astro World by Travis Scott, like it was last week. Really? Yes, really. It did not beat Queen by Nicki Minaj, which is your no, number two record. It, no, it did week. beat Nicki Minaj. That's what I'm saying. It yeah. did. Uh, sorry, yes. It didn't. It did beat uh, Queen by Nicki Minaj. Yeah, Nicki see, was not happy. No, I was pretty sure that would be number one, but yeah. Oh. But yeah, the, the the there was not really news about this. But yeah, Nikki kind of went off on on Spotify uh, this week because of uh, preferential treatment that she believed uh, was uh, treated toward Travis Scott, who apparently had some sort of weird special backstage pass thing promotion that he was doing with his uh, very prominent girlfriend Kylie Jenner. Oh! Uh, basically, Nikki was out saying that Kylie was being like that. that Travis Scott was using Kylie uh, to pump up his numbers, and that she had the real number one record this week. Uh, yeah, but she also said some weird stuff and tried to defend uh, uh, noted uh, sexual predator six nine uh, this week. So she's just all over the place. Uh, so yeah. Not so nice. Nikki, calm down. <laughs> Nikki, you had some great moments there. on that record, but man, you're not doing yourself any favors right now. No, no, she's not. Uh, but let's move on. Your number three record is Scorpion by Drake. Number four, yeah. Life's a Trip by Trippy Red. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is either. And number five, Fear Bongs and Bentley's by Post Malone. Okay, stop with that. <laughs> Enough of the Post Malone. All right, below. next week, Post Malone is off. Okay, I'm calling it here. Uh, next week, Post Malone is not making it. But we do have new releases this week. This Friday, you have new records by Allison Chains with Rainier Fog. Autecra, I guess, with NTS sections, Sessions. I don't know how Autecra. to say that. <laughs> Blood Orange with new album Negro Swan. Candy Station. Or Candy Station, sorry. I thought it was Candy Station. Staten. First, but there's no I. So I think it's Staten. Candy Staten. I was like, Candy Station? I would go to the Candy Station. <laughs> There's no O. <laughs> Candy Staten with Unstoppable. Devochka with This Night Falls Forever. Interpol with Marauder. I don't listen to an Interpol record in a few years. I might check that out. Justice with Women, Woman Worldwide. Neil and Liam Finn with Light Sleeper. Nonpoint with X. Nothing with Dance on the Blacktop. Plain White Tees has a new have a new album. Yes, those Plain White Tees. Uh, with Parallel Universe, The Amity Affliction with Misery, The Devil Makes Three with Chains Are Broken, Tongue with Songs You Make at Night. I make a lot of songs at night, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. All right, that's it for new releases. Let's move into music news. All right. Our top story is a big one. For the first time in years, we have a new number one album 
of all time. All time, yo. So if you know anything about music... And I know quite a few things. Yeah, well, you're probably sick of hearing that Michael Jackson's Thriller is the best-selling album of all time. And I say bullshit. There's better albums out there. Well, it doesn't matter because that is no longer the case by pure numbers. Oh, we're as the Eagles, their greatest hits, has finally usurped Michael Jackson's place. Yay! The Eagles' greatest hits has now passed Thriller to become the highest certified album of all time. It is now certified platinum 38 times over, (laughs) which includes sales and streams of the album. Thriller has dropped to second place with just 33 times platinum. However, Hotel California is also 26 times platinum, making it the third best-selling album of all time. So that's the Michael Jackson sandwich right there? uh, So if you're wondering how this works, the RIAA marks 1,500 streams of an album, equivalent to an album sale. Okay. So streams have made the Eagles catch up and eclipse Thriller. Well, yeah, that that Eagles best of greatest hits album. It has all the Eagles songs. It has all the Eagles songs I want on it because well, it's the greatest hits. That's how yeah. that works. That's, that's usually how that works. But, but I'm surprised that it ha- that it any other no, not just that, but any other greatest hits albums aren't like higher up. There. I think it's because of the sheer quantity of Thriller phys- physical albums that Thriller sold. Yeah, it will never ever be beat. Like, that was, it was a confluence of all sorts of things. Because not only was Michael Jackson at his peak, who is ostensibly one of the, like, like most important artists of our time, but also it was the peak of the record as a format. Right. You will never have that happen again. Where a format was so on fire and an artist was so on fire. We got close with Adele yeah. and um, Taylor Swift. But still... Those don't even come close to the sales that Thriller right. made. So, yeah. Um, well, because now those two take the streaming crown. So, I guess Drake does the streaming crown? Well, that's the thing, is that I feel like I almost want to make these two for charts. Yes, I do, too. Because because it's it sucks that physical are just are not going to matter anymore, because there's no way to know. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, that's your number one album now of all time. So, Eagles fans, you have something to say. Uh, again, to people at parties who don't want to. Uh, the doctor <laughs> says the Eagles. Also, I participate in many streams of the Eagles. Okay. <laughs> well, you contributed. So, the Eagles, thank you. Multiple album sales Multiple for Eagles, that. Eagles, thank you. All right, let's move on to more music news. Next up, Marty Balin, the Jefferson Airplane singer, is suing over a botched surgery Ooh. at Mount Sinai Beth Israel Hospital left him with half of his tongue and lost part of his left thumb. Ooh, that's terrible. butcher, wow. Yeah. This is following open heart surgery on March 11th, 2016 that took his ability to play guitar or sing. The personnel in charge knew that the hospital was inadequately staffed as it was in the process of being shut down. By the time Mr. Balin was finally released from the hospital, he had a paralyzed vocal cord, lost feeling in his left thumb, lost half his tongue, and he has never been able to recover properly so yeah i'd sue too yeah that 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 sounds terrible (laughs) that's rough man so yeah hope uh hope he recovers uh, i don't know how he recovers something like this but yeah i hope i hope that he wins this case because man that is irredeemable yeah well usually mount like mount sinai (laughs) hospital is the good ones but i guess if you're shutting it down 
Yeah. That's right. Well, I mean, yeah. If you're shutting it down and you don't have the proper equipment, you should probably go somewhere else. Maybe. Speaking of artists in hospitals, we have another one this week. Okay. Marilyn Manson has collapsed on stage during a Houston concert that happened Saturday night. Again? After only, Yes, again. Only after making it through four songs. He was reportedly not feeling well before the show and had told press that he did not want to be photographed. Afterward, he confirmed he received medical treatment after the incident. This is the second time he has been forced to cancel a show due to illness. Last year, he suffered a onstage injury in October, which is what you're thinking of. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking When a stage prop fell on him. Yeah, well, the guns fell on him. Yes, fell right on his leg. So, yeah, he's had some rough times lately on stage. He's Uh, also up there in age. Yeah, so maybe touring isn't your thing anymore, Marilyn. Just uh, might want to ease up. Yeah. Maybe just do, like, um, some festival events and not full-on tours. Maybe, yeah. Maybe it's a little much. Uh, moving on, Lana Del Rey has been in the news this week. Uh, Good or bad? Eh, I feel like that could go either way. With depends her. on who you ask. It depends, it, it turns out. She's faced criticism after it was announced she was playing the inaugural Meteor Festival in Israel. Groups such as the Palestinian Campaign for the Academic and Cultural Boycott of Israel, called the PACBI, urged her to reconsider the concert. She went on record to say that performing there is not a political statement. She also said that while in the area, she would meet both Palestinian and Israeli children and play music for everyone. The PACBI responded back saying that they would welcome her if she canceled her show. Other artists slated to play include Pusha T, Flying Lotus, ASAP Ferg, Kamazi Washington, DJ Cozy, Ariel Pink, Young Lean, and more. And this just goes to other bigger... Uh, continuing coverage that we do of artists who <laughs> yeah. try and mess with Israel politics. So yeah, it's uh, a like tricky, Lord, it's Lord. a tricky thing. Um, it's a tricky thing because the the, the people in groups like this mm-hmm. do believe that the uh, actions of the Israeli government and military um, are uh, creating situations where Palestinians cannot live in the place that they believe is their right to. Right. And so they're not super happy when artists just cavalierly go over there and do a concert. Lana Del Rey is, of course, okay to say that she wants to perform there. That's her prerogative. Uh, but where I kind of am not, not like on board with is her saying, oh, well, me performing there is not a political statement. Again, and I don't know how many times I'll have to say on this on this uh, on this podcast, it's a political statement regardless. What you doing a thing is by default a political statement. You can never not make a political statement because you saying it's not a political statement is a political statement. There's no way to remain well. It's more of a political statement free if, from politics. No, it's more. It's more of a political statement if she purposely. Um, books a world tour concert stop <laughs> in the ci- right. in the city. Whereas this is a festival, they called her up and say, "Hey, do you want to perform in our festival?" Yeah. This isn't like I'm gonna make sure I I play here, here, and here. Yeah. This is the venue's gonna be here. Are you gonna come or not? Like she's trying to do her due diligence and saying it's like, oh, well, I'll also play for the Palestinian people as well. And like that's all well and good, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I don't know. It, like I said, that's why I kind of opened this by saying, like, really depends on your perspective here. 
uh, because this is something that I don't want to wait too deep in. Because I... Well, we are that kind of podcast. I am not the person who is the ultimate arbiter of who is right in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Um, you mean peace in the Middle East? Yeah, I'm not necessarily going to go that far. I'm, uh, I am ha- I have my predilections, but I'm not going to go there here. Uh, but yes, uh, yes, for once, I am not going to get on a soapbox. Oh, wow. I know, because this is something that's a little bit more complicated than I want to delve into at the moment. And we don't have time for it. No, so let's we move actually on. To, we actually have to delve into something else. Something a little sweeter, you could say. Yeah, yes, uh, because we had some new music this week. Yes. Uh, first off, new song from the Church of Eric. Yes. And it's good. <laughs> Heart Like a Wheel. Heart Like a Wheel is good. That is a radio <laughs> signal. Yeah, that's all right. That thing is going to be played forever now. It's a Congratulations. Really good, simple country song. It's... It's the thing, it's, it's the Kenny Chesney thing where mm-hmm. it sounds so simple, but like hearing it over and over, it's very complex in its notes. And the fact that you're able to play something like that so elegantly and just so pure is both mind-boggling and hatred and yet super <laughs> kudos and thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, congratulations, Eric Church. You've got a new uh, country hit on your hands. Prepare to play that thing for the rest of your life. <laughs> Probably. Uh, Heart Like a Wheel. If you haven't heard it and you love some country, mm-hmm. that thing is going to go in your playlist immediately. It is a great song. Also, in country music, you listen to the new record by Cole Swindell. Yes, Cole Swindell. Cole Swindell. No, Cole Swindell, all of it. All you, of it. Did you listen to all of it? I listened to all of it. I listened to all of it twice. Okay, what did you think about all of it? I enjoyed it better. Just a few songs. Yes, I actually enjoyed it better the second time around. Okay. Uh, So, uh, you listened to me when I first heard this, and it started off huge and big, and then went to slow country songs for like half the album. I thought that was weird. (laughs) And not like, why go huge and then basically cut it off from under you, only to bring it back at the very end. Yeah, you go in waves, you don't go bell curve. Yeah. (laughs) This thing bell curves. This thing bell yeah. curves hard. All right. As an album, as an album, it bell curves hard. But as individual songs, they're they're good. They're good songs. They're decent enough to where I don't mind this thing. Some of it, I know some of it's gonna get to play on the radio. Uh, a lot of the slow stuff is. A lot of the that that first one is definitely going to. That that thing's an, an anthem. If I can remember the yeah. name of it. I mean, I know it's like right out through my tongue, uh, but. Not not presentology. <laughs> no, no, it's not presentology. But no, L- love you too late. <laughs> that thing is going to be That's on the radio. Um, Twenty in a Chevy. Also, <laughs> oh yeah, and where then, he's age twenty. He's not doing twenty in a Chevy. Yes, that would be very very slow. Yes, I feel like this is eighties Mercedes. Eighties <laughs> Mercedes. <laughs> uh, answer song. <laughs> but um, Break Up in the End is already on the radio, and it's a great song. Uh, but yeah, Reason to Drink is going to be the next one. Uh, I can never tell yeah. already. I don't know. It's a country album. It's a country uh, album. It's what you think it is, so check it out if you oh, like that kind of thing. Also, um, I, you can't hear me play it, but Dad's Old Number. <laughs> yeah. Dad's Old Number. If you want to cry to a country <laughs> song, play Dad's Old Number. Dad's Old Number. Also, I feel like that... that, that 
as I mentioned to you off podcast, yeah. that song and that title could definitely have been... <laughs> all sorts of different things. All sorts of different things. It could also have been super, like, a lot bigger than what it turned out to be. Uh, but it's definitely a great song. Definitely brings tears to your eyes. Dad's old number. Um, <laughs> that is... That's a funeral song, right? Yeah. There. God, no, that's sad. I know. I know it is, but... All right. Well, we have more music to talk about, so... Yeah. So, last... Uh, anything else to say about Cole Swindell? Uh, no. It's a country album. I mean, yeah. there's better country <laughs> albums out, out there this year. Yes. But... Casey, that's, that's, Casey Musgrave says hi. Casey Musgrave says hi. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah, it's it's a fine album. It's not something I'm going to shit on. There's nothing to shit on it. <laughs> it's a fine album. Cole Swindell, I feel, is still trying to find yeah. something... Still trying to find his lane in the country genre... Because he does both like the heart soul mm-hmm. stuff as well as the big stadium anthems. Yeah, he's he's somewhere in the middle, still trying to find his road. Okay. Uh, whereas the Dan and Shay album is clearly this is what we are. This is Dan and Shay. Yeah. And then Kenny's just doing Kenny because he's Kenny. Kenny can do whatever he wants at this point. Yeah, I think there was a Luke Bryan <laughs> album out there earlier this year as well. Probably. I don't know. I feel like that was really forgettable. <laughs> it was. Uh, if there was. Put this in the same category. Yeah. Because that's that. All right. Did you listen to anything else this week? Well, I mean, I know you did, but we're saving that for last. No, no, yeah, we're going to go right to that. Uh, well, no. Well, did you listen I have to a couple of small ones uh, to really get through. Did you listen to first. the Misky one? So, yes, I listened to uh, two other records besides the major one we're going to talk about later. Major record. Uh, so, I listened to, first, before I get to Mitski, uh, uh, I listened to the new Death Cab for Cutie. I meant to listen to that. I never got to. Uh, so, that thing is... It's okay. Okay. Um... It starts out uh, like a modern Death Cab for Cutie record. So if you if you heard the last couple of things, um, it's kind of got that kind of like a lot of uh, Ben Gibbard's uh, voice has a lot of effects on it. It's very like soft rocky. But then there's some real good moments later on. Um, I, something I forget the name of it. Something about Hurricane is like that was really really good. And it's like the one time in the record I was like. This is a good song. So, yeah, I feel like in their kind of later like period of their, their career, they're still still cranking out some pretty solid tunes. Um, I've never been huge on Death Cab. I know people who are huge fans. I think they should check it out, um, see, like, this is a good compromise, I think, between some of their earlier stuff and their later stuff. Uh, so, yeah, uh, if you like Death Cab, check it out. Um, um, speaking of Death Cab, real quick... That reminds me, I did listen to the new single from 1979 called Two-Time. 1975. 1975. <laughs> 1979. 1979. That's a Smack yeah. Pumpkin song. Yeah, it's from 1975. <laughs> uh, Two-Time. Two-Time, Two-Time, Two-Time. Yeah, Two-Time, Two-Time. Yes. That thing put me to sleep, I swear. You were playing it, and I could not discern a song at no point was I was like, oh, this is interesting. Because it just sounded like something that would be playing in the background or something. Well, it's most 1979 stuff. 1975. 1975. Why are you doing that? I, I'm, I don't know what year I'm in. <laughs> what year is this? What year is this? I just don't get it. I, I don't know. Maybe it's not for me, but it's just like, it just doesn't sound like anything to me. Yeah, but uh, I listened to that song, and then I went through the entire, or at least the bulk of their discography, and then wound up back to, right. to that song. And it made sense. Yeah. Uh, I liked it. I enjoyed it uh, in the vein of the 1975. It's right up their alley. It's a swell song. It's a decent song. Uh-huh. Um, 
it's a 50 50 shot of it getting actual radio play. Because <laughs> on the one hand, yes, yeah, th- this can be good. On the other hand, like you said, it could also be very forgettable. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't remember anything about it. So yeah. That, that goes to show you. One thing I do remember, though, and will be, uh, I'll be spinning a lot this year, uh, as I mentioned, is the new Mitski. Uh, her new record, Be the Cowboy, uh, is very, very good. Already one of my favorite records of the year. Um, I liked her previous stuff, but this is a league above. She experiments with genres here. She experiments with her uh, with her uh, instrumental instrumentalization here. Um, she uh, does new things uh, with her voice. Uh, most notably, uh, the singles here that were released pre-release. I actually didn't listen to them, so this was so listening to them in the album was the first time I was I was uh, uh, absorbing them and. I'm glad I did. I'm glad I waited because I think they work really, really well in the world of the album that she created. Most notably, and the one you should seek out, is Nobody. Um, it is a disco-y... It's got a disco-y vibe to it. It would work really well as a companion piece to High Horse. Really? And it would be really... I haven't listened to them back-to-back <laughs> yet, but I want to now because they both kind of have a very similar kind of disco rhythm to them and but are very very different subject matter wise (laughs) and like it's the best song on the album it's easily probably maybe my number two song of the year already it's fantastic and she does and there's even better stuff on that record too um i really recommend checking out even if you haven't heard of mitski before if you like that kind of indie alternative singer songwriter kind of thing and maybe you haven't listened to a lot of uh, alternative music in a lot a few years this might get you back into it i feel like this will be a lot of people's like entry level uh indie rock record this year now did you see mixy in concert i did i saw her on mother's day this year did she play any of those songs um she played one song that i would later realize was from the new record okay. uh, but otherwise she was keeping that close to the close to the chest in fact the day after i saw her was the day she announced that this record was happening. Ah. And I thought that was really good timing. I was like, wow, I just literally saw you last night and you're announcing a new record today. Well, um, she was in L.A. at the time, so... Yeah, why not, right? Hey, why not? And so, yeah, it was. Uh, it's definitely... It's uh, one of my favorites this year already. Uh, also notable, opening track Geyser is really, really good. Um, and it ends on a real delicate note, too. Like, it's, it's just great. The whole thing's great. Check it out. But we need to carve out some time because we need to talk about... The big album this week. Yes. Uh, we need to bring out, not, not not the small, not the tall, not no, even the Vente. Not the Vente. No. Not the Trenta. Trenta, that's going too far. Yes. I want the perfect size, which is Grande. Yes. The, the <laughs> sweetness herself, Ariana Grande. Yes. The engaged. Yes. Ariana woman. Grande's sweetener is out this week. <laughs> And that thing is all anybody can talk about, but rightfully so, because yes. it's pretty good. It is. So, yeah. I'm, I'm of two minds on this thing. Okay. Well, technically three. <laughs> so, three this thing, yeah. so, this thing starts off great. The first track on this thing is exactly what I expect yeah. from Ariana Grande. 100%. 100%. I mean, it's barely counts as a track, but yes. I know. It barely counts as a track, <laughs> but it's basically her just belting it out saying, run. This is me doing my runs. Doing everything, her Mariah runs. Everything you think I am, this is the song you think I am. And then she gets to the first half of the album, which yeah. is 
in my opinion, overproduced and superproduced, and uh, basically her messing messing around with anything that she can. And this is where we divide yes. because I am way into it. I like, know you are. And the reason is because so did you listen to the last Ariana Grande record, Dangerous, Dangerous Woman? I listened to. I know I listened to it because yeah. we, we talked about it. We definitely talked about. it. Well, that was good too, but it was a little predictable and had Ariana working a lot with like Max Martin mm-hmm. and a lot of like the kind of like middle of the road. Not, the, the not safe, saying Max Martin middle the, of the road. The, the safe I mean. players, the more sure traditional is. safe pop mm-hmm. sound, where she had like Sonic the Weekend. You know, it's like the, she was staying in a certain lane. Yeah. Whereas this time, she is experimenting in a way that I thought she, she wasn't going to. And that's the part that threw me. Yeah. I could I could understand that. So this is not her going for pop radio play record. This is a more personal record. Oh, yeah. This is a more... This is a record, basically, Ariana trying to figure out who she is. It's a little closer to something like uh, Kesha's Rainbow than it is to, like, Katy Perry's record last year. So Swish? Yeah, it's it's a little less. She's not trying to fill like fit in with the current trends on pop radio, even though there is a lot of trap beats and there is mm-hmm. that kind of vibe. It's not one hundred percent what that re- what this record is. This is more. This is just what Ariana is into right now, and this is what she wants to make. And yeah, I guess I could see you not being necessarily into that at first. No, it's like I said. It definitely threw me for a loop. It was definitely what. This way, in that yes. way, R&B, and then some rap, and then yeah. back to some classic pop. It's like, yeah. are, you, are you picking a lane, or are you just doing the Nicki like, Minaj thing and just throwing a wide net? Which and is funny that you say that, because Nicki Minaj shows up on the third track of this at, album. Yes, as, well, as I thought that, <laughs> yes, then Nicki the Minaj next track was rapping. Nicki Minaj. So yeah, um, yeah, it's interesting. A lot, of the, uh, a lot of the really good songs here are produced by Pharrell. Yes. Uh, which is an interesting pairing that I didn't think that was going to happen. Yes, and he's on the second track of that. Yeah, uh, it's it's really good. I like that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I like the Pharrell song uh, with her. And then it goes very different. It goes into the Nicki one. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. It's, uh, it's, it's, got, it's got a repeating sample uh, to it that, that got, gets stuck in your head pretty well. <laughs> um, and, and there's a lot of really strong stuff on there. Subject matter-wise, it's interesting because she's... Um, like I said, it's getting a little more personal. She has songs about her breakup with uh, with Mac Miller on there. Basically, a song that 100% references the fact that he like would drink too much and smoke too much in front of her and how she wanted to get away from that. And then she also has songs about her buddy relationship with SNL's Pete Davidson, which yes. we said we were going to bring up. And this to is the, the point where there is a song on this album called Pete Davidson. Yes. <laughs> Which will be super confusing in the future when you try to Google <laughs> Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson. Pete the Davidson. Ariana Grande song? Pete Davidson, parentheses, song, Pete Davidson, parentheses, person. Person. Yeah, get ready, Wikipedia. You will have to have a disambiguation page for Pete Davidson. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting because um, I think that this was actually probably written a little before they started seeing each other because, I don't know, that was like a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> but oh no, they announced they were engaged yeah. a month ago, so they've probably been seeing each other off and off. Well, from what I understand, is that they were hanging out before her breakup had happened. Yeah. In fact, one of the songs obliquely references that 
uh, towards the end, um, a song called Good Night and Go, uh, which is basically her talking about meeting up with somebody and just not being able to say good night because they're just having such a good time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was probably it. That sounds like you did. Yeah, so yeah, it's like, oh, you make me laugh so much. It's like, hmm, I wonder who that could be. (laughs) Um, that being said, um, there are some uh, more serious uh, uh, things on the record as well. It's not just all lovey-dovey. Uh, she does have a couple songs that uh, reference in part uh, her, her uh, involvement in the bombing uh, during her performance, or during the uh, festival. In uh, uh, London. In London. Uh, or the Manchester arena. One that's kind of like a reminder to herself and her fans that she calls breathing. Which has the chorus yes. about keep, needing to keep breathing, and that's the one uh, that is going to be the yes, big hit. That'll be her. the hit uh, for sure, uh, and that kind of that is kind of her song honoring mm-hmm. the victims. And then you have another uh, reference kind of, as the ending track, uh, which is "Get Well Soon," Get which well I think soon. is another kind of homage to, uh, where basically she talks about her own reaction to to the experience and kind of talking to herself about like, "Oh, you're going through a hard time, uh, or you're not right. Like, come back down." And like just reminding herself was like no like stay 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 centered stay focusing on the positive don't float away on these feelings of 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 guilt or sadness and uh, that is kind of the subject matter that I never thought I would be talking about an Ariana Grande record yeah so this is kind of the tone that we're talking about with this record I think it's a really good step forward for her I think it shows a better about uh, like a better version of what. Ariana Grande the person is as opposed to Ariana Grande the person who shows up on Jimmy Fallon and does <laughs> Christina Aguilera impressions. Right. It's like this really shows that she's got depth to her which you know mm-hmm. unfortunately we, is I the, think we knew. Yeah, we, we knew, knew but, but the, you know it's hard to tell with these people who have such big personas in the pop sphere mm-hmm. and to, to know that she has an album like this in her is really great for her future. And so yeah I think if anything, this is this is this is showing Ariana Grande to the world in a way that we haven't seen her before. Yeah, it's definitely a good album. Definitely check it out if you have not listened to yeah. it. Easily uh, uh, one of the better pop albums of the year. I'm I want to say right we now. may definitely bring it up. We may bring it up at the end of the year. I here. think uh, yeah, especially when it comes to uh, some things lists. that really uh, the more mainstream part. Yeah, mainstream. We'll definitely be talking about uh, her because yeah, it, it's very very good. Yeah. All right, and that that was Ariana Grande's sweetener. Um, just want to make sure y'all know. Oh, what by the way, the song about. "Sweetener" on the album "Sweetener" also oh, yeah. is ridiculously catchy. Yes, yes. <laughs> that chorus is killer. <laughs> I've had that stuck in my Unless head for a couple days. Unless we forget the title track. Like, yeah, yeah. The, 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 I've had that chorus stuck in my head for a few days now. So yeah, check it out. It's very very good. But you probably already knew that because. Most people have probably already listened to that thing. That will be your number one record next year. Or next week. Next week. Next year. Next, year. <laughs> next week. Yeah, I don't me. think she's that good, but... All right, let's move on then. Uh, that is it for music, unless you listen to anything else. Um, so. No, I mentioned everything that I listened to. All right, cool. Um, yeah, just new tracks, switch from the drop. I, I still get listen to that Foo Fighter thing. Yeah. I probably won't. Yeah, probably won't. I probably missed that. <laughs> That's like guys. Yeah. Moving on to video games. All right. Our final segment is video games, and we start video games with the new releases. First up, we have something called Spectrum for PlayStation Four and Switch. All Star Fruit Racing. <laughs> I don't know what this is, but it sounds for amazing. PlayStation Four and Switch. I want to race some fruit. Uh, Shenmue One and Two. 
I yes, think this is a remastered. Re-releases of the first and second Shenmue, Shenmue games, which were originally, I believe, on Dreamcast and first Xbox, respectively. Yeah. But that will be on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Out of the Box, which I'm guessing is not based on the, the Nick Jr. show. Uh, out of the Box. Uh, on PlayStation 4 and Switch. And Little Dragon's Cafe on PlayStation 4 and Switch. Aww. I like Little Dragon's Cafe. Let's move into video game news. Our first story is about Steam. Alright. They recently launched Steam.tv, which is their competitor to Twitch. Interesting. Yes. It's now live and just in time to let gamers watch and chat during the currently running Dota 2 International Tournament. Uh, Late Friday afternoon, Valve accidentally went live with the site before immediately taking it down and then relaunching it on Monday properly. The interface is smooth and has built-in voice chat for the Google Chrome browser. So this is their kind of entry into being Twitch yes. at their own game. Uh, it is to note that this is that the chat is currently only for the Google Chrome browser. If you use it with yeah. Firefox or mm-hmm. Internet Explorer, the chat portion will not work. At least the voice chat portion will not work. Okay. But then again, why are you writing that? anything else yeah. besides Chrome? I don't want Chrome somebody screaming while I'm watching the Dota. <laughs> International. Why would I want that? Well, not that, but why are you running anything but Chrome at this point? Oh, well, that's a good question as well. I don't know. Some people swear by Firefox. Firefox is better than it used to be. Yeah. I like it now. It's fine. It's a good uh, alternative. But yeah, um, you can now stream your games directly to stream or Steam.tv. You can. As for all of you who have a super huge Steam library. Mm-hmm. You can now stream it. And for me, you're going to say Steam and Stream and Stream on Steam. Steam, stream, stream. It's going to get tongue twistery tied Mystic up. Gymnastics. <laughs> All right. Mystic Gymnasts. Mystic Gymnasts. All right. Uh, but if you're not a PC gamer and you're more of a console person, well, Microsoft is introducing a new way to own theirs. So, Microsoft has not officially introduced this yet. But? But reports are that they were supposed yes. to announce this at Gamescom. Did it and should be announcing it later this month or next month. The it in question is dubbed Xbox All Access, and it is essentially a monthly subscription fee for the Xbox One console. So how this will work, the $22 monthly fee would garner an Xbox One console, access to Xbox Live multiplayer, and access to Xbox Game Pass. You can upgrade to the Xbox One X for $35 a month. This essentially acts like any mobile carrier, any cell phone provider, where installment plans are made upon the phone, or in this case, the console. So yes, you don't own the console mm-hmm. necessarily. You are paying it for it in installment plans alongside your subscription costs for the Xbox Game Pass and for Live. But this might get some people who maybe had trepidations about dumping $200 into something mm-hmm. they were just going to have to buy $60 pop games into. Right. Whereas this, you not only have a monthly uh, ma- monthly payment for a console, but also for a game service that gives you a bunch of free games every month. Right, and just note that they continually add new games to, to the Game live. Pass, to the Live. Also, also the gold game for Gold on Live as well. So you're getting free games that way as mm-hmm. well as the Game Pass games. This is smart, especially because there are a lot of Microsoft service stores now than there were like five years ago. Yeah, for sure. To where they can do something like this without having to go through a third-party retailer like Best Buy or Fry's or even Amazon. Yeah, this is smart if they're able to pull this off. Um, I mean, we have an Xbox console, and we were using it a lot more, but if I didn't, 
this would definitely at least get me interested because it comes yeah. with the Game Pass. Right, that's pretty cool. Which gives you access to over 500 games. I mean, if you games. did the $35 a month, we could have an Xbox One X. Yeah. You're just saying. I'm <laughs> just saying. I'm just saying it can run smoother, you know. Yeah, you can sell this thing. Yeah, there's hey, there's... Oh, we got. <laughs> um, hey, but yeah, so that's interesting. Rock <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh wait, no. I was gonna say I would have to transfer everything, but all the songs are on the external, the external drive. drive. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. Uh, moving on. <laughs> if this is a thing, when they announce this. Yes. All right, moving on to a video game franchise that has long been gone, getting a revival. Alright, what are we pumping ever, new life into? Well, did you ever play... I have a question first. Yes. This. Did you ever play the the uh, PS2 era game Time Splitters? Is this like Time Force? No. Time Crisis? No. Time Machine? No. Time time Frame? No. Time Lip? No. Time Slip? No. Time Slips? No. Time Slippers? No. Okay, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> You're going to do Timeless <laughs> no. on NBC. Uh, no, Time Splitters was a shooter franchise... That was by a company named Free Radical, which was made up of people who had left Rare after Goldeneye and Perfect Dark. Okay, so those are Perfect Dark people. Yeah, essentially. Uh, give or take some major people, but major people. But yeah, Time Splitters is coming back, potentially, as THQ Nordic has acquired the, the rights. Didn't we tell them, talk about THQ Nordic acquiring we rights did. to other people? Too? We did. We talked about them uh, picking up something last week, but I don't remember what it was. I don't think it was last week. I think it was a couple weeks. Oh, no. They, they were the guys who had um, that puzzler thing, I think. Yeah. But yeah, uh, so they, uh, the Time Splitter series has maintained a large, passionate fan base, and it's widely considered one of the most influential games of the early 2000s when it comes to console first-person shooters. Mm-hmm. You have to keep in mind that these games were released around the same time as Halo. So it was about the same time as like a lot of developers were trying to feel out what it meant to be a console shooter at all. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, um, I remember playing Time Splitters and Time Splitters 2. Uh, they had really fun multiplayer options, which was makes sense because it was people who had made Goldmine Bird Dark, and yeah. that's what those games were famous for. And so, yeah, it was a lot of fun uh, couch multiplayer on those things and a lot of cool crazy weapons you could play as a monkey. <laughs> those were cool games. So now that this has happened, there's a chance that there could be a brand new Time Splitters game. If you're curious about kind of the lineage here, uh, it was originally created by the aforementioned Free Radical Design. Uh, they later became Deep Silver Dam Buster when Deep Silver, uh, the, uh, the uh, producer, uh, uh, publisher, sorry, uh, bought them. But then uh, they became, now they are part of the THQ Nordic group after a bunch of purchases were made. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have acquired the right, they have also acquired the right to the, the uh, action adventure game Second Sight, which was also a free radical game around the same time. Okay. So yeah. So, yeah. Uh, THQ. Cool. P- picking up stuff. Picked up uh, new IPs. Yeah, THQ Nordic are also the dudes that made the, uh, are making the, um, uh, a, a new uh, Death. Blah, 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 blah. What's that game called? Um, death Rider. Uh, you're you're playing Death and you. Dark Dark Souls. Dark Dark Souls. Yeah, they're making the Dark Siders. Yeah. All right, moving on to our last story here. This is a weird one. Remember Maple Story? Yes, I love Maple Story. <laughs> Shane yeah. loves Maple Story. Remember how a long, like a really long time ago, they said they were making a Maple Story too? Yeah, that was like a rumor, and then they said it was in beta. And that was like five years ago when I stopped playing it. It is still in beta. Still in beta? 2018, the game has been through several betas, but now the free-to-play MMO will be open to finally to all players 
on October 10th. Yes, I must upgrade my console now. How, I mean, my PC. However, I mean, my shitty laptop. However, starting August 22nd, that is today, players can reserve character names and participate in a preseason Battle Royale mode. <laughs> of course. Because of course they Because can. of course, because you can't launch a new game, with a new MMO, without having a Battle Royale mode. Top players in what they will call Mush King Royale <laughs> will be awarded Founders Packs, which include exclusive items and cosmetics, and will be able to take place in a Head Start event for exclusive access to the new game starting October 1st. Not bad. So ten days before, prior to official launch. So we'll get really good at Mush King yeah. Royale, and you could be playing Maple Story Two early. Uh, what it doesn't uh, mention here is this also going to be free, like the first game was. I believe it is also right. free, like the first game. Yeah, just free to play. Also right? from Nexium, it's a uh, free with purchasable uh, cosmetic upgrades. Right, right. Or loot box, not loot boxes. Loot boxes? Not loot boxes, <laughs> but not much box, but I'm like, <laughs> but like. The, like, money Yeah, stuff. you buy, buy money to buy stuff. Yeah, I think it's money to buy stuff. I, uh, I love MapleStory. Um, I played through that thing a couple times. I played MapleStory once. And it was for, Didn't like, catch you? a portion of a day and never played it again. Didn't catch you? No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I played that with my brother. Um, he, when he got a laptop, we played with each other uh, on going around completing missions uh, with rogue characters and my characters and archers and mages. It was fun. We had multiple characters stacked throughout. So uh, it's like as a free, as like as far as free MMOs right. go. Can't argue free. Yeah. I mean, it was a step up from RuneScape in <laughs> a major way. Yeah. And the 2.5D yeah. uh, side-scrolling well, I adventure. I thought the side-scrolling part was actually neat. Was fun. Yeah. That and part, neat. It always seemed really cool. Yeah. And I, the, it, the community was always fun, yeah, too. Yeah, made it seem a little bit more accessible than, like, WoW and, like, the 3D. Right. Like. Yeah, it was that halfway point between wanting to actually pay for something and enjoying it because it's free and because right. it doesn't take up a whole lot of space. But, yeah, it's definitely... MapleStory, like, holds a fine space in my heart. Aww. And uh, sh- should, when, if I upgrade my new laptop... When? It's not an if at this point. I know. You have to. I'm prob- probably going to download and play looking. this. Yeah, you need to start looking for a new one. Yeah. yeah. I know, but that's that's for a time here and there. <laughs> All right, well, October. Yes. Mark your calendars. Hey, I got a birthday coming up. You do. All right, well, that is it for video game news, then. Did, that will wrap up. Did we play anything? Did we play anything? Uh, no. We did not play Madden yet. I did not get to play Madden. I probably won't at this yeah, point. at this point, we may have missed that boat, which is fine. Yeah. It seems like we're not missing out on much. This year's Madden seems like it's real buggy, and it doesn't really add too much to the game. Right. The only thing I was going to pick it up for was so this story, story mode. mode. And it doesn't even seem like that that great this time around. Yeah. So, yeah, if we do, we'll let you know, but chances are we'll probably just skip Madden 19. Um, uh, so. We will stream some Madden, though, for you in the upcoming season. It will oh, be yeah. Madden 2018. Yeah, but with the recent rosters. Yeah. Because they uh, still update. Yeah, they, they still, still do update. A roster update. Yes. Uh, also, uh, because it is past the 20th, we have the new God of War update, which right. includes Story Mode Plus. Up. And I will definitely get into that probably tomorrow if I'm not yeah. doing anything. Yeah. Or I think, no, I'm definitely not doing anything Friday, so I may get into that or some football on Friday. All right. 
so if you want to catch us doing that, Matt, where can they catch us playing some video you games? Catch us all over the place. Well, first off, if you want to catch us playing video games, we go we do that on twitch.tv slash mediaboat. We'll let you know when we go live on our social media channels, which by the way, on Twitter at, at MediaBoatcast. We're on Facebook, just search Media Boat Podcast, and you'll find our Facebook page. You can also find us on our website, mediaboatpodcast.com. That's where I post our thing we write, including thoughts about our 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 what we enjoy and don't enjoy. Yep, I'm still going through yeah. my summer list right. of things that I There will be a about. bit of a backlog going up soon once I have some free time, so expect to read some stories. Yeah, I may, write, I may write tomorrow instead of play. We'll save play we'll for Friday. We'll see. Um, and then uh, also on the internet, if you want to see this show, we are live every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. Here on YouTube, just search YouTube or uh, Media Boat Podcast, uh, yeah, uh, you'll find our page. You can subscribe to and get notifications when we go live. You can also find us on Patreon, where you can help us don't uh, help us by donating as little as a dollar a month to make this content even better. Uh, we also might have some news coming up in the future about a future partnership. We will get back to you about yes. that probably next week. But uh, keep your eyes peeled. You can also, uh, lastly, if you want to hear the audio version of this show, you can catch that on Apple Podcasts or by putting Media Boat Podcast in any of your uh, RSS feed-driven podcast machines. So do that to it. And we will be back with a new episode of the Media Boat Podcast next week. Yes, we are done. It's a long one. It's a long one. There's a lot of thoughts and reviews. Yep. So tune back in, and for now. Yes. Thank y'all for tuning in, sticking with us. We'll be back next week with even longer podcasts. Maybe. (laughs) No. (laughs) Don't threaten them like that. I'm not gonna threaten. No. You (laughs) try to keep these hour and a half, but it's occasionally we get some twos. All right. Yeah. We'll see you. We'll see you all next week. Thank you for tuning in. Bye bye. Bye.